0: One of the promises I've made to you is we're not going to focus on every stupid Trump tweet because too often the president gets to act as news assignment editor for the political reporting class in Washington. And when we follow his lead, you have otherwise smart, talented journalists abdicating their own responsibilities for making sound decisions about what's actually newsworthy. These are some of the rules for At The Table, making sure we have a diversity of voices, trying to be as vulnerable and open as possible, and not wasting your time with the latest and loudest nonsense. But these weren't just any tossed-off tweets meant to rally his base over the weekend. First of all, these tweets were unambiguously racist you know that's the other half of letting trump dictate the terms here we too often let politicians of all stripes set the standards by which they are judged and trump has gamed the system by having so few standards for his own behavior that we don't always know how to assess his results the president and many other republicans argue that to call out racism to actually call it out is to divine the unknowable heart of someone Here's what Trump wrote, referencing four women of color. So interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on Earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came. A Trump campaign spokesperson tried to spin this, emphasizing that the president wrote that the congresswomen could come back. Oh, where are they coming back from, my dude? The president went on, Then come back and show us how it is done. These places need your help badly, and you can't leave fast enough. I'm sure that Nancy Pelosi would be very happy to quickly work out free travel arrangements. These are elected officials, American elected officials, citizens of the United States. And for whatever it matters, three of the four women he was referencing were born in the United States, in Cincinnati, in Detroit, in New York City. Congresswoman Omar of Minnesota was born in Somalia, but has been a United States citizen since she was 17. Go back to where you came from. Saying that to people who are Americans but aren't white, if that's not racist, What is? Of course, this isn't the first time Donald Trump has made an issue of a person of color's birthplace. His main foray into national politics just before his run for the presidency came when he repeatedly questioned whether President Barack Obama was born in the United States. But beyond just birthplace-related racism, the list is still long. In the 70s and 80s, the Trump Organization was being sued by the federal government for discriminating against African Americans in New York City housing. By the late 80s, early 90s, before they were even tried, and even into the early 2000s, after their convictions were vacated because of contrary DNA evidence, Trump was demanding the Central Park Five get the death penalty. When trying to expand casinos, he argued in congressional testimony that Native Americans didn't look like Indians to him. That's not even a full accounting from before his presidency began. In his first East Room press conference, he answered my question about anti-Semitic crimes on the rise since the start of his campaign and administration by asserting that those who commit them are certainly not supporters of his or saying there was an egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides, on many sides, after the white supremacy rally in Charlottesville in 2017 that included the murder of a woman protesting American neo-Nazis. He said there were very fine people on both sides of that event. But you either don't need to hear an argument for why Trump is a racist, or no argument will convince you. It's not an issue worth litigating with people who have no interest in having a reasonable discourse. The second reason these particular tweets are worth breaking my rules for. They've been essentially ignored by Republican officials. And that's new. Congressman Justin Amash wrote on Sunday, to tell these American citizens, most of whom were born here, to go back to the, quote, crime-infested places from which they came is racist and disgusting. But he's a former Republican as of a few days ago. Congressman Chip Roy, Republican of Texas, wrote on late Sunday night, POTUS was wrong to say any American citizen, whether in Congress or not, has any home besides the US, but I just as strongly believe non citizens who abuse our immigration laws should be sent home immediately, and reps, members of Congress, who refuse to defend America, should be sent home eleven twenty twenty, meaning they should be voted out of office. That congressman went on to tweet and retweet a bunch of less racially sensitive remarks, possibly to mollify those who would be irritated by his criticism of Trump. And some Republicans have come out with responses since then, but the first 24 hours were deafening in their silence from official elected Washington on the Republican side of the aisle. This is in sharp contrast to former Speaker Ryan and others in the past who would call out racist conduct from Trump more regularly. Think of Trump's criticism of Judge Gonzalo Curiel, wherein the president suggested that a man of Mexican ancestry could not be fair as a judge in a matter of law. Then some response still mostly tepid, but a few willing to call out obvious racist statements. Now, essentially nothing. And that will only embolden Trump. Should we ignore the anger we feel in response to these offenses? No. But I refuse to allow my energy to be consumed by anger. Because there is a job ahead. It requires our will and our strength. So what is our task instead? to set better examples in our communities, to undo and heal the effects of systemic racism in our lives and the lives of those around us, to overpower those who are committed to racist structures because they mistakenly believe those structures are to their advantage, and to refocus the energy of our anger into positive growth. We'll talk more about the solutions in days to come. But naming the problem is first and necessary. Dealing with it comes soon after. That's the reason so many allies of the president are resisting this indictment, because they know how damning that is for their political home. The good news of the Trump era in politics is this. Everyone's position is perfectly clear. If you're okay with him, you have been unmistakably revealed. If you aren't motivated by this moment, you will likely never be. If you are consumed by your anger, we're going to have to come back and get you once we've got a foothold. But if you keep your head, you may just be able to play this smart. That's part of the mission of this conversation, this community, because anger is a poison. We can't drink it and hope those who disagree with us will get sick because racism is worse. It's part of the original sins of America. And because we cannot allow ourselves to despair, we will not let evil be unnamed or unacknowledged and then let those who practice it believe that our lack of an answer is acceptance through silence. On Monday, President Trump was asked by a reporter, does it concern you that many people find that tweet racist? And he said, it doesn't concern me because many people agree with me. I'm tired of asking racists if it bothers them that they're saying and doing racist things. We have our own table to set and our own conversation to have. Trump was reminded that three of the members of Congress he referenced over the weekend were born in America. And the president was asked repeatedly, where should they go back to? His only reply eventually, well, they're very unhappy. I'm watching them. All they do is complain. So all I'm saying is if they want to leave, they can leave. Mr. President, we're not going anywhere. We don't give up our seat at the table. Not for you. I'm Jared Rizzi.